I'm so grateful to be here. It was accidental being here, just like for Lynn, actually. Um, I was going to go to the meeting that we were at last, uh, last Friday, and Lynn said, well, wait a minute, Les caught me at the park and has me speaking. I said, well, I'll come up there. And then he said, there's food. And I said, I'll come up early. You know? So I come up early, and there's all these police in a SWAT vehicle, and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> was he pulling something fast on me? What's up with this? You know? But uh, it's so wonderful to be here, and there's so many people here that I've known for a very long time. Uh, last Friday dates April 1st, 1981, and I'm really grateful for that. There's been a lot of people that have made that possible, not through no fault of my own, as they say. Five days before Lynn, I wanted to get in before he said it. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, I was just I was talking to Travis and Christine about how life is today, and um, you know, I can do about four or five minutes on that. And, uh, I got here, and I was so broke. I was borrowing rent money from grandma, but at the same time I was going to a topless bar where I was putting dollars in girls' underwear and selling cocaine out of, excuse me, selling Splenda out of the girls' bathroom to make ends meet, you know, and uh, I'm an alcoholic, I'm not a drug addict. I found out that if you do that non-habit for me stuff while you're drinking, you can drive like you're doing. Now, the only downside to it is it got me here faster which could have been a gift or not a gift, but it hurt on the way down. But um, yeah, my bottom was spectacular and it was absolutely spiritual, emotional and physical, you know, and I was an intellectual, I mean, I was gone. I was absolutely gone. And, and I did the only thing I could think of, my dad was sober and I called my dad and he said, I can't help you call AA and he hung up the phone. And it was probably the nicest thing he's ever done to me. And I called and I remembered that the dentist that I had had that done my work on my teeth, this year, he, um, <laughs> funny story, his dental shop was next door to the bar where the ladies danced with no clothes on. So I saw, you know, so I said, why not? Convenience, you know. And uh, he had a Porsche, and on his Porsche, he had a little tiny sticker on the window that said, Easy Does It. So he's one of us. And I told my dad, I said, What can I do to let my dentist know? And then, meanwhile, I'm drinking every day, 12 hours a day, maybe 14 hours a day, at this place next door to this guy's dental practice. And every time I go in there to get work done, and I had a lot of work done, I was drunk as a skunk because I'd just come from next door. I said, how can I let this guy know that I'm an AA sympathizer? And, he, and my dad says, well, you know, put an easy dozen bumper sticker on your car. And I knew he was messing with me. I just totally know my dad was messing with me. But what happened, and I believe this, in 1981, if you had an easy dozen sticker on your car, the cops knew you were an AA member. And I was there. it was really clandestine very anonymous back then and um, I really believe it was kind of the advanced grace of God for me not getting a drunk driving in the last four months of my drinking and it's just little stuff like that has happened and in my life today I'm still overburdened with gratitude I'm telling uh, Christina Traps what was going on I was at a meeting about 30 years ago I have running my company. 
I'd like to thank Les for asking me to speak uh, this evening. It's always a privilege and an honor to be asked to participate in a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. I love Alcoholics Anonymous. I love being sober. Uh, I have to apologize because I did not, I always suit up. I always wear a suit and tie. And at the very least, I wear a sports jacket with a tie. And it's just too dang hot. So I did not put a tie on. But Les did remind me that I did not have a tie. So I wanted to apologize because I like to uh, at least show respect for Alcoholics Anonymous, and that's why I dress like that. So um, welcome. Welcome. This is a friendly meeting, isn't it? Yeah, this is a friendly meeting. I want everybody to do something. Everybody go like this. Come on. Knock, knock. Wah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I used to do that. I used to do that when I was teaching. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is uh, I'll share a little bit uh, what it used to be like, what happened, what it's like now. There's a couple stories. There's some people here, a lot of people that I know, Don and Brenda. We've known each other for over 40 years. And uh, Brenda used to watch my children. And uh, if you saw me hugging a... A guy over here with the two kids, that was my son and my grandchildren. And uh, uh, they're over at the other event. And uh, not to bring up any old resentments or anything, but my son's in law enforcement. And, um, <laughs> and I, got, I got a couple stories about that I'll tell you about. And, um, but it is a privilege and an honor to be uh, asked to participate in a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. How I ran into Les for the very first time, our children went to this uh, 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 preschool together, <laughs> but we didn't know that. We didn't know each other at that time. And he, had, he was in the car business and he had his license plate frames with his name and his motors on there. And uh, uh, he had pulled up in a white Honda and my wife had a white Honda and she dropped the kids off and on our license plate frame it said, Mommy and Daddy love Garrett and Gina. And he walked out and says, man, I should have my name on there, my motor, you know, my car dealership. And he starts tearing the license plate frame off of the car. And my wife walks out and she goes, excuse me. And he goes, this is your car? And she goes, yes, it is. And he looks over and there's his car parked over there. And he goes, I am so sorry. I will replace the license plate frame, which he did. And uh, I was talking to uh, his sponsor, it turned out. I was talking, I said, yeah, this guy, this crazy guy who's breaking off the, like, his name was Les. And, and he goes, I sponsor Les. And I went, oh, he's an Alcoholics Anonymous, you know? And uh, yeah, there's a lot of people I know. Uh, Mike uh, from our Jelly Bean meeting and uh, Tommy G. Tommy G keeps in touch with me all the time. And uh, that, that's cool. And uh, Christina, I see up at the jelly bean meeting at the um, beanbag meeting. The beanbag. Thank you. And uh, Danny, of course. I've known Danny for a long time. And Brett. And my nephew's here with me this evening. And wow. uh, of course my sponsor Frank. And uh, as I said, you know, my, my sobriety date is April 6, 1981. That's five days after Frank. 
Now I just got to remind that because I want to have somebody in front of me and I want to have somebody behind me. That way I don't fall on my face or my rear end, right? And so, uh, as I said, my name was uh, Lynn and, uh, and uh, as far back as I could remember, probably about four years old, maybe, and people would ask me my name. What's your name, little boy? And I said, my name's Lynn. And they say, well, that's a girl's name. And I man, I'm, I'm thinking, well, am I gonna turn into a girl? You know, what's, what's the deal? And, uh, you know, the other problem I had was a bowel issue when I was little, and, uh, and I, used to, I used to crap in my pants a lot, you know. Don't worry, that's cleared up. <laughs> that's cleared up now. And, and uh, so, you know, by the time I was six, man, I needed a drink, you know. I'm thinking I'm supposed to, I'm going to turn into a little girl. And, and uh, you know, I had the bowel issue, which eventually cleared up, as I said. And, and so, uh, I, now none of that makes me alcoholic. It doesn't make me alcoholic, but I, I sure did feel a little different. You know, I felt a little bit different. And uh, I think that if there's any common denominator in Alcoholics Anonymous from a lot of the speakers that I've heard is that we feel different. You know, we don't, we don't feel a part of, we feel apart from. And I didn't start, we moved out here from, from back east and I didn't start school until I was, uh, until uh, I was six, six years old, I started first grade. I, I was out here about half, you know, at the half, at the semester point or some, a half year point, so they didn't send me to kindergarten. So I went to first grade, I had no idea what was going on. No clue what was going on. I was like, what the heck am I supposed to be doing here? And so uh, I just kind of went with the flow, you know, I just went with the flow and, and uh, you know, that, that name thing, you know, that name thing always got to me. You know how when, when you have, um, uh, when you have the uh, uh, present exchange, you know, at the, at the holidays, right? And I remember I got, a, I got a, a, a paper doll cutout kit for my, and I was just devastated. I was like, man, I got a paper doll cutout. I hit it, you know, everybody said, what'd you get? I, I didn't get anything, you know? And uh, uh, so I was devastated, you know? But, you know, I'll tell you a little bit later on, you know, when I started drinking, I took that drink, man. I didn't care what my name was, you know? And, and, and I probably earned a few other names along the way, too. And so, anyway, uh, God, it wasn't until, like, uh, you know, so I, I was getting through grade school and stuff. Okay, I didn't get any trouble or anything like that. But, you know, I was in high school, and, and uh, I actually was a little bit before that. My, uh, my brother turned me on to a little bit of that non-habit-forming grass, you know? And, uh, you know, you take a couple of... And all the people, all the people that smoke weed had really long hair. And, and I thought, that, well, me, you know, that's what this stuff does. It makes your hair grow, right? And if you get some really good stuff and you close your eyes, you can feel it growing. Hi, Jerry. Hi, Jerry. <laughs> so... So anyway, I started doing that, and uh, I, I met this girl in, in high school, and, and I had my first sexual experience, you know, uh, besides myself, and, and she liked to drink Strawberry Hill, you know, the wine that never seen a grape, you know, didn't see any strawberries either, so we drink Strawberry Hill, and we have a good time, so what I did is I connected alcohol with relationships. If I was going to have a relationship with you, 
I had to have a drink. I had to have a drink. And then I was out with my buddies one time and we were all out there drinking. I was getting pretty good at this deal, right? We are out there drinking and he goes, uh, he started throwing up, he got a little sick and, and uh, he turned and he looked at me and he says, Lynn, you could really drink, brother. And I put my shoulders back and I went, yeah, man. I just got acceptance from my peers, you know? And again, I connected alcohol with relationships. I was gonna have any kind of a relationship with you, we were gonna be drinking, right? So I ended up going into service, you know, my buddy came up and, and uh, well, it was shortly, I was about 16 years old at the time, and my brother called me up, he says, come down to this, uh, this hospital supply place, they're looking for a stock boy. And uh, I went down and I applied and they hired me and I was a stock boy in a pharmacy. So I'm, <laughs> I know all the dope fiends go, ooh. <laughs> so, so I start asking the pharmacist, hey, what do these do? What do these do? What's this for? What's this for? And he took me in the back and he gave me one of those real big thick books. He goes, look it up yourself. So I started my research. And, and I found some stuff. I found this one stuff, it was it was a mixture, it had an amphetamine and it had a barbiturate. You know, it had an upper and a downer. I took one of those, I didn't know whether to clean the house or take a nap, you know? <laughs> so I was experimenting with all this. I even took Thorazine one time. I heard it was a tranquilizer. So I took one and I just, I just stood there and stared towards San Diego like I saw something, you know? I was, so uh, yeah, I, I experimented with a lot of that stuff. and. And as I said, you know, I, I was drinking too. So, you know, I try to find the things that could keep me up so I could drink a little bit more. And, and I mean, I experimented with all that. I, I'm a garbage can, you know, I'll take anything and any, I'll take anything at any time. And, and, uh, and I never asked what it was. You know, my buddy came up to me one time, he gave me some pills. He says, here, take these. I didn't, I didn't ask him, what do they do to me? I just took them and hoped for the best, you know? I couldn't hardly walk after taking these things. I said, geez, what kind of pills are these? He goes, I don't know. I stole them from some lady that had a seizure disorder. <laughs> I go, geez, now I'm going to have a seizure for God's sake. <laughs> so anyway, we, uh, we're, we're drinking buddies and, and doing all the, all the other good stuff. And so we, um, you know, he came up to me one time and he says, hey, man, you got to come down and talk to this guy. He's really cool and all this stuff. And I went down and I talked to this guy and he was an army recruiter. And the next thing I knew, I had a backpack, I had a rifle, and I'm up at Fort Ord running out in the sand going, how in the hell did this happen? You know? That was a story of my life, you know? I remember getting off that bus and he gave us a rundown on our pedigree, that drill instructor, you know? He called me all kinds of names. I never heard that language, you know? The worst my dad ever said was damn. And he was really ticked off if he said that, you know? And this guy gave us a rundown, man. He's calling us all these names. And I, and I thought to myself, you know what? These my people in my life were telling me, you know, there's going to come a time where you're going to make a really big mistake in your life. And I, I said, I think this is that time, you know? And anyway, uh, you know, I got through basic training and I went on to my advanced training and I got into uh, pharmacy, you know? That's what I did. And, uh, Got into that, got some formal training in that, and so I worked in uh, pharmacy. I got shipped overseas to Germany for two and a half years, and and I was over there, and that's when my drinking really picked up. Yeah, and that's when that's when my drinking that beer is really strong. Let me tell you, and uh, 
Uh, that was when I experienced shakes the first time in my life. You know, I woke up in, in the morning and I was shaking. And I remember I told this guy, man, I'm shaking. He says, have a little drink, man. A little of the hair of the dog to pitch you, you know? So I discovered the morning drink. And I love drinking in the morning, man. Getting up and drinking and uh, you know, calm the shakes down, you know? And, and uh, so I got through little bit of trouble not much you know I was able to skate you know and and they did um, you know because I worked in the pharmacy they did a lot of uh, uh, urine training you know they I had to do urinalysis testing a lot of urine testing and, and checking for drugs and stuff and, and being in the pharmacy and I, I knew what I could take to neutralize anything that I might have in my system but most of the time I was drinking over in Germany you know I came home and I still, you know, just picked up and drank, drank, drank. And man, I ended up meeting this this cute nurse at the hospital I was working at. And, uh, uh, you know, I ended up taking her hostage. And, and uh, you know, I, I, continued, I continued the program I was on, man, I was drinking, you know, I just couldn't, I couldn't stop. I didn't want to stop. I, everything was going okay, you know. I got a couple DUIs, that slows you down a little bit, you know, costs you a little bit of money. And, um, uh, you know, I got through that and, uh, you know, we ended up getting married. And uh, right around that time, I, I was at the drunk driving, I was going to this drunk driving school for my DUI. And uh, uh, I moved, my, uh, my wife and I, we had moved over in this little apartment and I was moving the furniture in, and uh, there was Eddie Cochran standing there in my living room. And uh, if you guys don't know Eddie C., Eddie, Eddie Cochran, he had like 187 years of sobriety. <laughs> he was a very active member of Alcoholics Anonymous, and he was the drug, he was the dry, he was one of the instructors at the drunk driving school that I was going to. And I had like three months left, and I went, oh my God, this is the guy from my drunk driving school. So I'd see him out back, and I'd close the curtains so I could drink. You know, I didn't want him to see me drinking. And all I had heard was that he is just a real active member of Alcoholics Anonymous. And so I said, okay, um, you know, uh, uh, that night we ended up buying a house and uh, it was an alcoholic home. I don't know if you could call it a home, it was an alcoholic house. You know, we had Christmas tree lights up all year round. You know, and, and even today when my wife and I will go buy a house in July, August, like this month, and we'll see Christmas tree lights up, and I go, hey, honey, eh? Uh, maybe, just maybe, you know, they might be alcoholic, you know? And so, uh, you know, my grass was this high in the front yard. I went out there with a beer, and I water it, and I'd see the neighbors, and I'd go, hey, and I'd drink the beer, and I I just never mowed it. I just watered it. And uh, there's an alcoholic house, you know, the car was... I had an alcoholic Volkswagen, you know, the bumper was half on, half off, had dings and dents all over it, and uh, it was parked in half in the driveway, it was parked half in the in the uh, front yard, it was parked half in the driveway and half in my neighbor's front yard, and, and uh, it was just one of those alcoholic cars, you know, and, and uh, man, I was just, you know, I was exposed to Alcoholics Anonymous on the tour cart. And I can't tell you, uh, other than that night wasn't any different than any other night. 
I promised her that I was going to take her out for a nice dinner. We're going to go out and celebrate. And uh, she went out to get her hair done. And when she was gone, I took a drink. And it was on. And by the time she got home, I was snockered, man. I was, I was wasted. And she gave me that look. You know that look? Yeah, I know you know that look. And she shook her head and she said, God, what's wrong with you? And I says, God, I've been asking myself that same same question the last couple of years. God, what's wrong with me? I think if alcoholics, if alcoholics had any kind of a prayer, that would be our prayer, right? God, what's wrong with me? And uh, while she was gone, something happened. While she was gone, something happened. And that was that moment of clarity. You know, I saw me as I really was. And I was nothing but a drunk. I was a drunk. I couldn't believe it. And she says, what are you going to do? I says, I guess I'm going to go to AA. I didn't know what I didn't know what to do. I guess I'll go to AA. She goes, okay. So we went to the Moose Lodge that night, or the, the next night. And I would like to meet my parents down there. They had fish fry and all that. And that's when I did a lot of my drinking because the booze is cheap, you know. She goes, you going to drink tonight? And I says, nope, I'm not going to drink. Well, somebody bought me a shot of Jack Daniels. And he said, you got to drink that because somebody bought it for you. So I took that drink. And uh, that was my last drink. That was my last drink. If I would have known that, I probably would have had a couple more, you know. <laughs> but that was my last drink. And, uh, and then I smoked weed over the weekend and I ran out. And I called my buddy up and I says, hey, man, can you get me some weed? And he goes, yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is the pharmacist I worked with, he was in a recovery house because he got caught. And, and I called him up and I says, man, I think I'm, I, I think I got a drinking problem. And he says, all right, man. He got all excited. He goes, we'll go to meetings. We'll read the book. We'll do this and that. And I'm going, whoa, 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 slow down. I just want to get my toes in the water and see if, if I like it or not, you know. And he goes, let's go to a meeting. I can get a pass. And I go, okay, let's go out to La Crescenta. He goes, why out there? I go, my buddy's going to bring me some weed. He's on a court card. And we're driving out there, and he said a few simple things to me. He says, you know what, Lenny? He goes, if you want Alcoholics Anonymous to work in your life, you got to get clean and sober. No pot, no pills, no booze, no nothing. Why don't you try it for 90 days? And if you don't like what you find here, you can always go back out and do what you're doing. And I thought to myself, I can't tell. I just said, what do I have to lose? What's 90 days? What's 90 days out of my life? And so I went to that meeting that night. And my buddy showed up, he brought me the weed, and I didn't take it. I says, no man, why don't you keep that? And why don't you try this deal? Let's try this thing. And he, he wasn't having it, you know, he goes, nah, he's, I'm getting my card signed and getting out of here. And so they asked for newcomers, just like tonight, you know? And I raised my hand, I said, yeah, I'm glad I'm an alcoholic. That was April 6, 1981. I haven't had a drink since then. Yeah. Day at a time, one day at a time. So I started coming to these meetings, you know. I had a big book. I got a big book when I was on the court card. I never read it. I threw it in the closet. I got it out, dusted it off, and I carry it with me to meetings. I wanted you to see that I was new, <laughs> like you didn't know, you know. My hair's down here. My head bobbed a lot, and I used to say, "What's happening?" Because I didn't know. I was asking you a question, you know. What's happening? And and so I start coming to these meetings, and and. Uh, get a sponsor, get a sponsor, get a sponsor. And I said, well, I don't know what a sponsor is, you know, so I remember this, this horseshoe and cowboy used to bring 
meetings up to that drunk driving school that I was going to. I said, I think I'm going to ask that guy to be my sponsor. So uh, there's a few people I know less remembers Twister. And I asked Twister, you remember Twister. I asked Twister to be my sponsor. I was standing there in, in, in the, in the uh, at the 502 club. I had my big book and I went up to him. I said, will you sponsor me? And, and he looks at me and goes, come here, I want to talk to you. And he took me out back, got me in the corner, poked me in the chest. He called me a bunch of names that I'm not going to repeat here this evening. And he says, now get me. He goes, I'll, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. He goes, I'm going to put a crutch under each arm and I'm going to kick him out one by one until you can learn how to walk on your own two feet. And he goes, I'm, if you take your thumb out of your mouth and do something for yourself, you just might make something out of yourself. Now, get in the car, we're going to a meeting. My first thought was, I don't like this sponsorship stuff too much, man. <laughs> and so we get in the car, and we're going to a meeting, and, and uh, I said, well, can I get my wife? You know, I went and got her, and we're driving. She goes, yeah, Lynn just drinks too much. You know, she's a free Al-Anon, right? Lynn just drinks too much, and he looks at her, and he goes, well, you're sicker than he is. I didn't say anything, man. I just kept driving, you know. So we get to the meeting. I didn't hear anything. Afterwards, we went out his backyard, and, and I says, I don't know who I am. He goes, you're a five foot seven male. You answer the name of Lynn, and you suffer from a disease called alcoholism. That's who you are. I went, oh, okay, that's it. I can remember, I can do that, you know, and he says, I'll give you four basic things to do. You go to meetings, you read that book, you get honest with yourself, and he looked at me like that, and he goes, that'll be a hard one for you. He says, you don't drink and don't use no matter what, and he scribbled his name on a piece of paper, and he says, if you're ever really hurt, call me. And I didn't know what he was talking about, because I hadn't felt anything for a really long time. I was so numb from everything I was doing, I didn't know what it was like to feel anything. So about 30 days of sobriety, right? 30 days of sobriety, those feelings hit, man. I'm over to 502 Club, I'm not feeling good. He walks in, I go, oh, no. <laughs> and he goes, what's wrong with you? And I go, I don't feel good. And he goes, well, you have it over an alcoholic corpse, don't you? He goes, let me tell you something, it's gonna pass. The bad feelings are going to pass and the good feelings are going to pass. But when you get those good ones feeling, because there's nothing bad about feeling good. And he goes, and when you get those bad ones, don't worry about them. They're going to go away. And I went, okay. It was easy. It was simple enough. Eight months sober, you know, this guy I was working with in the pharmacy, he went and got some of that Splenda, as Frank calls it. He went and got some of that funny white powder out of the vault. And he says, yeah, man, me and you, you know, and I don't know about you, but I was so impulsive, and I said, just put it in a little piece of paper. And I went in the bathroom, and I opened it up, and I looked at it, and here's the thing. I was in a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous the night before, and there was a guy that was at Cider House down there, the dry up at, at Norwalk State Hospital. And he had been hanging around the 502 Club, and he couldn't get sober. But he was down there that, that evening, and he was sober. His eyes were clear. And he said the most profound thing I've ever heard in Alcoholics Anonymous. He said, enough was never enough. And I looked at that little piece of paper and I said, it's not enough. You know, you could give me a case of Jack Daniels. It's not enough. Enough was never enough. I think one of the questions they should put on the 20 questions is, do you drink while drunk? Because <laughs> I always continued drinking when I was drunk. I didn't need to drink anymore. So I folded that little thing up and I gave it back to that guy. I didn't do it. 
and I went over to my sponsor's house, I knocked on his door, and I said, man, I almost got loaded. And he stepped out on the porch, and he says, let me tell you something right now. If there's something out there you want to do, you better get your ass out there and do it, and get back here as fast as you can. And he turned around and looked at me, he goes, if you can make it back, and he shut the door. They were harsh back in 81. <laughs> I sat down on the steps, and I went down the list. I did this, I did that, I did this, I did that. I, I did it all, man. I did it all. So I knocked on the door and I says, man, I'm done. I'm done. I, I did everything I wanted to do. And he said, welcome to Alcoholics Anonymous. We went in and we started reading a big book. Started reading stuff out of that book. And then shortly after that, he says, why don't you write an inventory? Why don't you write an inventory? And I wrote that inventory, and I remember going over and sharing all those deep, dark secrets with him. This guy named Mexican Tony, he walked in, I covered my inventory up. Tony done hard time in San Quentin. I did an overnighter in San Dimas. <laughs> and I was covering my inventory up, right? So anyway, uh, I did that inventory, and I remember we went out, and he says, you know, we burned it, you know, we burned it. And he says, uh, I forgive you, God forgives you, and all you got to do is forgive yourself. And he says, out goes the old land, and in comes the new. And I remember going home, and I was just okay. I wasn't high, I wasn't, I was just okay. And man, all I ever wanted to be was just okay. Until somebody cut me off, and I got a new resentment. <laughs> So I started this program, man. I started this program. My my wife got captured by the Al-Anons, so she's doing her program. I'm doing my program. We're working each other's program, and and you know I got those priv uh, bedroom privileges back, you know, and and we started a family. And I got to see my kids born. I got to cut their cord. What a gift! What a gift! My kids grew up in Alcoholics Anonymous. I don't know anything about being a dad. I don't know anything about being a husband. But I know if I come here and try, I try to practice these principles in all my affairs. I don't do a good job sometimes, but I just keep doing it. My kids grew up here. They come and give me a cake, like tonight, you know, we had cakes. They come and give me, anybody got a cake? I say, yeah, I got a cake. I'm taking the cake. And they get up and sing happy birthday, you know. As a matter of fact, we'd go to their little friends and they'd sing happy birthday and at the end they go keep coming back without a drink work those steps call your sponsor people would turn and say whose kids are these you know they're our kids you know we did all the camp outs we did all that stuff man we did all that stuff i got i gotta share a couple things and i'm almost out of time here but you know, my daughter came home she's in high school and you know little girls are you know 16 years old you know they twirl their hair talk like valley girls you know hi daddy you know i i gotta talk to you and i go okay she goes can we go in your room and i go oh serious you know so we go in my room and she's sitting there twirling her hair and i says she goes well i just don't know how to tell you and, and i says well honey you could either beat around the bush or get right to the point she says i'm pregnant <laughs> could have beat around the bush a little bit you know <laughs> I put my arms around her and I kissed her. I told her I loved her. We do what we could. And uh, she goes, I don't believe in abortion. I want to have this child. I said, okay. 
Daddy was out of the picture. He's around maybe three, four months. He was out of the picture, right? So we're raising my daughter still, and and, and this little boy, and and uh, and he he was he grew up in Alcoholics Anonymous too. You know, he grew up in Alcoholics Anonymous too. And uh, yeah, that was that was it was a, a real gift, man. It was a real gift. He used to. I got a picture of him laying on my chest, sleeping. Both of us are sleeping, just very comfortable with each other, you know. And that's still today. He'll he'll call me up, Papa. I'll say, What's the matter? <laughs> you know, when I get those calls, Papa, what's the matter? And he goes, uh, I think I got a flat tire, and so I bring it over. All his tires are bald. I says, let's go. Take him and get new tires on his car. I get to do those kind of things because of Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm available. I'm available to my children. I'm available to my grandchildren. You know, if you if you if you saw me over here, I that's my son's two two children. You know, and and they love coming and give me my cake when I take a cake. You know? What a, what a beautiful gift, you know, little, little, my one little uh, guy, Tyler Weiler, man, he, he, uh, I took him camping for the very first time. He never slept in a tent before, he got to sleep in a tent, you know, that was our first experience. And little Coatster, you know, I pick him up at school. I say, you like when Papa picks you up? He goes, nope. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> and, uh. Years ago, I was walking, and we were uh, we were going to do me and my buddy were going to do the 5K for for the Southern California Convention. The SoCal Convention was mentioned tonight. You know, if you if you haven't been to a convention, go to the SoCal Convention. It's local. You don't even have to stay there. You can just come. It's a, an incredible experience. And uh, anyway, we're training for the 5K, and I says, man, I haven't done anything. I used to do. Me and my buddies in AA, we used to do triathlons and all that stuff, man. We'd run and bike and swim, do all that stuff. Well, I hadn't done any of that for many, many years, and so I said, I would be see if I'm healthy enough, you know? So went to the doctor, and he said, I'd do a stress test, and he says, oh, I didn't like that one. Come back and do another one. I did another one, and he goes, I didn't like that one either. Why don't you go to the hospital tomorrow morning? <laughs> so I go to the hospital. He does an angiogram. He says, I'm sorry, but you got three blockages, possibly four. You have to have open heart surgery. I go, okay, let's do it. Let's go. And he goes, I'll call the doctor. So he calls the surgeon up, and the guy walks in. He's the assistant professor for cardiothoracic surgery at Keck Medical Center in USC. Hands me his card. He goes, I'm going to take good care of you. You're going to feel 98% better. I'm an alcoholic. I'm thinking, what's that frickin' 2%? <laughs> And his assistant comes in, he says, yeah, you're going to survive this. He goes, you have a great chance of surviving. You don't have any heart damage, none of that stuff. You got a 98% of surviving. I'm going, what's, the, what's with the two freaking percent, you know? So anyway, uh, I had that done, you know, and, and my little Cody, man, he looks at me, he goes, Papa, can I see your boo-boo? And I lift up my shirt. He goes, I bet that hurt. <laughs> and then my little, my little granddaughter, man, she, she's, uh, and I got to see her born, you know, and uh, she was uh, just, uh, you know, just she was really going after 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 mom, you know. She was really nursing really hard, and the 
the, the nurses go, she's thriving. She's thriving. And I think that's what we do here in Alcoholics Anonymous, man. We're thriving. You know, you got to stick close. You got to take those steps. You got to do those things that I don't want to do. I don't want to do any of this stuff, but I do it. You know why? Because when you get up here, you tell me you did it and your life's gotten better. And my life has gotten better. I, I could go on, but I'm out of time. I can go on all night. So I'd like to just thank Les. Thank you again for asking me. And uh, um, thank God for the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. Thanks, guys. I'm less alcoholic. Let's give Frank and Lynn a hand for a great meeting. And everybody that showed up and how we always go to a better place. It's so nice out here tonight. Everybody that's been of service here, we could do this deal. Let's give us a hand. We need, we need some help cleaning up and, and helping Fernando pack this stuff back up. And uh, I'm your grapevine rep. Uh, two years, 54 bucks. Uh, one year, 12 edition, uh, 20 bucks. This, this is a pretty good one here. It's AA in the military and uh, service members getting sober on land, sea, and air. <clears throat> what are the challenges? Great stories in here. You know, and uh, it's uh, meeting in a print. You never know where you're going to need it. Have it in the car. It really helps a lot. You know, and uh, or you could give it to, to a, a recovery house or send it to someone in the penitentiary or drop one off at a doctor's office, you know. And, uh, so what we do is we give them out, <clears throat> you read them, then you come back and, and we recirculate them. So does anybody want to, it's a, it's a new edition. Come on up and get it. Somebody wants to read this. All right. Okay. All right. Happy birthday, Don. It's good to see you here. And uh, Nick, come on up and we're, and we're going to do this Woo! raffle. Tina, where's Tina? Come on. Good evening, everyone. My name is Nick and I am an alcoholic. I'm Tina. I'm an alcoholic. Thank you guys for always supporting our raffle and coming out and bringing uh, food and stuff. That's wonderful. Thank you. These are two books we're raffling off tonight, guys. Living Sober, and then this one is a combo set. The Big Book Dictionary along with the Big Book, okay? You guys have your tickets out? Tickets. Okay. okay. Just one. One at a time. Okay, the numbers are five, nine, two, seven. Go one. Twice. I'm only reading the last four numbers. Five nine two seven. Yay! Right. He'll use it. I'm a, I'll give it to somebody. So I'm a winner. You're a winner. <laughs> Which one like, Frank? Yes. No, no, you can't. Uh, you might win the match. Give me this one. Okay. Nice. Somebody needs that. Right. Thank, thank you, guys. Very good. <laughs> one more. Yeah, give it to that one. Okay. Five, eight, nine, zero. 
These are the promises. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if you work for them. Now, after a moment of silence for the alcoholic that still suffers in and out of these rooms and the innocent children caught in the crossfire, please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Keep coming back. It works if you work it. Yeah, the new role, yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. 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 I know he is a 